Welcome back to My Sister Said It. This is episode 17. I'm Ren. I'm Liz. And I have a question for you. All right. <laughs> what did you learn to do before your 18th birthday that most people you've met don't know how to do? Backflip on a balance beam. That was exactly what I was thinking you <laughs> really? would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, gymnastics things. Yeah. Yes, I cannot do that. <laughs> I don't think I could do that anymore. Nor but. would I ever try. <laughs> what was that moment like when you were like, yeah, I'm going to try to do a backflip on the balance beam? So like the moment leading up to it was great. Like it was so much fun. It was such a good challenge. But there was one day where all of a sudden my brain like switched uh-huh. and was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Uh-huh. And I I'd kept, I was practicing it and I kept kind of missing. So I was a little bit off. And then I just like, I had fallen off, whatever, no big deal. But then I got back up and my coach said my face just went like white because all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> and I had to literally start from the beginning and like go back on the ground on our little like line balance beams mm-hmm. and work my way back up to like fight that. Very odd. But um, no, it was kind of fun. A little empowering, you know, you're like, yeah, wow, that's incredible. Good stuff. I can't even fathom. <laughs> that was a good question. Um, Miriam thought of it. Oh, thank you, Shout Miriam. Shout out to Miriam. She's oh giving gosh. me all the questions. Shoot, I need a question generator. Yeah, you need a Miriam in your I back pocket. Miriam. <laughs> Miriam, can I poach you? No. <laughs> I'm going to secretly start asking her. Okay, my question for you is, if you could be a main character in any movie, what movie would it be? Okay, so, so I have to be, okay. <laughs> hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it hasn't come out yet. Oh, T. But Wicked is coming. Are you coming out with a movie? Yes, Ariana Grande like is playing Glinda. Oh, as she should. Yes. Um, I would like to kick her out. <laughs> <laughs> and be Glinda. Yeah. That'd that, be so fun. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that'd be so You'd fun. You'd be a great Glinda. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Oh, when does that come out? Uh, soon, I think. Oh. I think they said there's even going to be a, like, a Wicked 2. Whoa. I don't know how they're going to do that, but. Sure. But, I mean, Wicked did leave on a cliffhanger. We won't spoil it, but. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, I suppose huh. there's a whole other story to be told. That's very true. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we are continuing our little mini-series, if you will, on I used to think, da-da-dut, but now I know, (laughs) da-da-dut. And I mentioned that the one that you had shared last episode kind of launches nicely into my third one. Yes. So, if I may, um, I used to think that in order to be a healthy individual, I had to be kind of an all or nothing person. Mm. And now I know, similar to what you were saying, that little changes accumulate over time. Um, So, for example, when I downloaded the Yuka app Mm. and scanned all of my beauty products and found out that they were all toxic, I was like, everything's going in the trash. (laughs) I, I couldn't, you know, I had heard people on podcasts say like, you don't have to throw everything away. Just yeah. when you run out, replace it. And I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> it's all going to go. Myself. Yeah. And wow, I do think that 
I'm not sure, you know, just given the amount of products you use on a daily basis that I'm necessarily in the camp of like, you can wait until it runs out. Like there were some things where I was like, I just cannot Mm -hmm. continue to use this in good conscience. Like I, I can't, but I, I am like kind of an extreme person where it's like all or nothing. And if I don't do all or nothing, then what's the point? type of thing. Mm. Um, and now I realize like that, uh, having that mindset led to a lot of anxiety and like guilting myself mm-hmm. when I chose to use a product that maybe didn't score clean or ate something that I, you know, was trying to avoid, um, et cetera, et cetera. I would like beat myself up about it. Mm. And then that like does that has that makes the effect like 10 times worse because not only are you, you know, consuming a product that maybe isn't the best for you, but then you're adding like stress and guilt tripping Mm -hmm. into the equation. Mm -hmm. And so you feel like way worse. And so then it got to a point where I was like, do I feel bad because of the product or because I'm making myself feel bad Mm. type of thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, everything kind of like you were saying, it's the, it's the, choosing to take these little baby steps that accumulate over time. And it's not realistic to wipe the slate totally clean in every single regard to health and wellness and continue to make long-term good choices. Like that's not sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. Not for your wallet, not for your mentality. Yeah. Not for anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And, and even when, I mean, there are times when even little things I am inconsistent on. And so just reminding yourself of like, okay, well, I'll start again. If you keep starting, either eventually it'll stick or eventually you'll learn um, to not be so discouraged when when you fall off the horse or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to yeah. Yeah. And there's a difference between like, you know, we've joked that we know journaling is good for us, but like oftentimes <laughs> we're like, but I'm not going to do it for yeah. no reason. Or I'll say, but I'll do it tomorrow. Right. right Same right. with like stretching and things <laughs> like that. So there is a difference between continuing to say, well, I didn't do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. And then saying that over and over. <laughs> sure. Right. There has to be some level of self-discipline uh, in order to build the good habits. But it's more like, you know, if you've built those habits and then you have a day where you fall off, not going, well, I was consistent for two weeks, but now I just, you know, ruined it. So right. I can't start over. And yeah, because it doesn't take away from the benefit no. you're getting from whatever the thing is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I, I think I used to think like using that phrase again, kind of like going with gut health and all these things like, well, if you make a bad choice, like that's permanent and there's no erasing it. So what's the point of like making good choices? Cause you made a bad one. So that's going to always stick. And that's yeah. just like silly. Like, right. It doesn't yeah. work that way. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, this somewhat segues into <laughs> my next thing going, going off of the like permanence belief that things mm-hmm. are just set in stone. Mm-hmm. So, um, I used to think that genetics were an end-all, be-all life sentence. We are the same person. Are we? <laughs> um, but now I know that, well, epigenetics is a thing, <laughs> which I've been learning more about and I'm fascinated by. Yeah, we should do an episode on that. We really should. We Let's really do should. that next next episode, yeah. epigenetics. And just to give like a quick summary, if if you are like, what the heck is epigenetics? <laughs> Basically, it's a new, new um, area of research. And the way you can think about it is um, 
so we used to think like, oh, if something's in your genes, that's it. Like you're screwed. If your family struggled with acne, too bad. Yeah. If your parents or siblings had anxiety and depression, like hold on, you know, <laughs> and like it, whatever cancers are there, like just start screening early. <laughs> so like the best we can do is catch it early kind of thing. Right. Um, and that's just not true. And the right. idea with epigenetics is basically it's um, everything that you're – how everything that you're exposed to and surrounded by, i.e. environmental factors, life stressors, um, community and relationships, um, how you go about eating and moving in life, how those things impact your genes and how your genes mm -hmm. are expressed. Mm -hmm. And that unlocks a whole new power um, for all of us. Yeah. Um, and another way to, I was kind of trying to think of like a way we could explain it, I don't know, in a way that maybe makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And so the, I, the thing I thought of is like, say you're on vacation, you walk into your hotel room and there's just blinding fluorescent lights, okay? And you're like, well, shoot, like this is going to be a huge inconvenience, especially when like I need to go to sleep. But um, but the hotel room was just made this way with these lights. So what can you do about it, mm -hmm. right? But there's a light switch. Okay, I was literally this whole time, when I think of epigenetics, I think about light, light switch. Yeah. Yep. It can be turned on and it can mm -hmm. be turned off. Okay, so yes, those lights are there. They were inherently built into that hotel room, but there is an option to turn them on and off. Yeah. Um, and there's a potential for you to get like a good quality sleep. In the same way, there is potential for you to have good quality of life if you turn yes. those genes off. And that's just, I mean, the research is, is out there. Yeah. It's new, but it's out there that yeah. we do have some control over these things. And that's huge. And I mean, genes still play a vital role in how how we live and how we develop, but we do have some control over how those genes are expressed. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You can, sure, you can be told this runs in your family, so you should be aware of it. Yeah. But don't take that as like a death sentence. Take it as like, okay, so let me learn about how I can prevent that yeah. rather than just be like, well, I'll twiddle my thumbs till it comes and then I'm going to treat it. Right. right. No. No. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, genes are so great because they kind of give us that pretense of, hey, these are some things that you might want to look out for. Mm -hmm. And that's great that we have that. But in in the beginning, it was that was all we had. So it yep. was like kind of like a, okay, you're doomed and right. here's what you're doomed with. Right. And now we're learning with epigenetics like, no, there are things you can do. And these are the things we've been talking about, right? Gut, mm -hmm. gut health, lifestyle, diet, yada, yada. But the research is out there and it is showing that it does make a difference. Um, and that's pretty pretty darn cool. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, even like, uh, so I have endometriosis and that is something that you're told like when you have it, if you have like a daughter, it's most likely going to be passed down. And so for a really long time, I was like, I don't think I can, I don't want a daughter because I don't want her to have this. Like, mm. I don't want to pass that on to her. I just would feel so bad. And then, you know, Skylar and I have had conversations where it's like, okay, but we're learning about how things that, you know, I choose to do right now can impact whether those genes are turned on or off for my future, maybe daughter. Yeah. Right. And so, 
then it, I kind of felt like you were saying, like, I had some power back to be like, okay, I'm going to keep making good choices, not only for me, but also for future generations to mm-hmm. know that I'm playing a step or a role in like turning off those genes yeah. for them. And yeah, the genes will likely get passed on, but you know, the choices I'm making now can help make those odds that they are activated smaller. Yeah. And I think that's really cool too, to think of it you know, it's motivating enough for me to do it for myself. Yeah. But to know like, oh, I can actually like have a positive impact on generations to come. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I think it's something like four. they're thinking it's something like four generations. You can pass the, this stuff down, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. But yeah. Yeah. You can directly affect up to four generations. Mm-hmm. I think obviously the genes keep going, but yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I love that. Well, that kind of (laughs) segues really nicely to my last one. Um, I said, I used to think that my mental health diagnosis slash endometriosis diagnosis was permanent. Mm. But now I know that I can work with the cards I've been given and still live a really fulfilling life. Mm. So we talked a lot about this in our mental health episode, just how um, when we were you know, both received diagnosis of what was going on in our mental health. It was like this weird mix of I'm relieved because now I know like there, there's a reason I'm feeling these things, Mm -hmm. but it was also like, Oh, I'm just like stuck with this. Like, this is how my brain is wired. I can't do anything about it. And it was this feeling of helplessness. Right. And how over time we've realized like, no, (laughs) yeah, we got the diagnosis. It doesn't mean that it has to like show up in our daily lives. We have a lot of control over, again, how those genes are expressing themselves. And then with my (laughs) endometriosis diagnosis, it was the same thing where I fought for that diagnosis for 10 years. It was 10 years of debilitating symptoms until I found someone who, you know, did the surgery and was like, yep, you have it. Mm-hmm. Here's the evidence, all that stuff. And it was so strange because I waited 10 years to hear those words. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had had the failed surgery beforehand where they were like, we don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. And all I wanted was to be told this is your diagnosis because it was an answer. Right. Yeah. But then the second I got that diagnosis in recovery, I remember talking to um, our cousin Rachel about it mm-hmm. because she has the same diagnosis going like, I have waves of like pure joy. Like finally somebody took me seriously and I have an answer Mm -hmm. to like crying because I was like, I have an answer. (laughs) This answer sucks. Yeah. Right. And thinking like, uh, it was almost like a label that I carried with me. Right. For so long, for like the 10 years before my diagnosis, I had to be, I had to tell people like, sorry, I can't show up because I have, this is, I have this diagnosis and it's causing these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just felt very like, this is going to be my quality of life forever. Right. Um, battling a chronic illness. And, um, now I, I realized that like, yes, having that diagnosis, it does suck. Um, and it is hard and, and some days are really hard and really discouraging, but it does not mean that my overall quality of life mm. um, has to be negative. And uh, again, I can do so many things yeah. to maybe not, you know, fully heal myself. Um, because I, for a while, thought like, I can fully heal myself and never need surgery again and all these things. And now I'm realizing, you know, that 
it that may take like a long time and it's mm. not like a quick process. Right. And so being a little bit more realistic with expectations, like I'm going to need another surgery, probably several, but I can make choices along the way mm-hmm. that make it so that, you know, maybe the time between those surgeries are longer mm-hmm. and, um, you know, things like that and not letting the diagnosis hang over my head and kind of cast this like gloom and doom like shadow over my life I can hold down a full-time teaching job and I can um go out with friends and have fun and Mm -hmm. like I can go on vacations and yeah I don't know so that that's kind of that's my last I used to think but now I know yeah and I think that's super empowering for people to hear because so many people do feel like they're alone in struggling with whatever chronic illness or mental illness that they they're currently experiencing. So I think to be able to hear from someone of like, there is, there is power in this to, yes, it's not going to go away overnight Mm -hmm. and it may never go away Mm -hmm. altogether, but the choices that you've been making have liberated you have given you better quality of life. Like Mm -hmm. this isn't just something that you tried and you're like, yeah, like it's kind of helped, but not really. It's like, no, you are seeing a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, like the most encouraging thing people can hear because, um, because you get it, like Mm -hmm. you, you've experienced that. And now you can kind of on the other side be like, Hey, there is like, these changes do make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, and they do improve my quality of life. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I know like, uh, what it, what it's like to be so, um, controlled by the illness that like, it doesn't matter how positive you are or like how determined you are to show up for something. There are days like when you have something like a chronic illness where like physically your body is like, no, no way you, you Mm -hmm. absolutely like cannot leave the the house. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I would argue, and I feel pretty confident saying this, I feel like I've got enough experience to say this, that, um, having a positive mindset of like, okay, um, there's, there's going to be those days I have to have grace with mm-hmm. myself when those days come. But the other days that I'm given, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be really like thankful for, and, you know, mm-hmm. just like try to live to the fullest as cheesy as that sounds, but like, mm-hmm. you know, um, not let the diagnosis come with me into every day of like, well, like, I'm scared to say yes to this because I might not feel well or I'm scared to, you know, accept this job because blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I'm uh, through this, you know, journey. I've learned I'm really strong. I'm really tough and I can push through a lot of things. And um, yeah, I guess just not I, I used to like worry so much, like, can I accept a full time job and can I like fill in the blank? Because. I just didn't know, like, can I show up day to day? And now I'm realizing, like, yes, I can. And yes, it takes it takes work, both yeah. mentally and with the choices I'm making. But I see the benefits yeah. of that. So, yeah. yeah, that's such a powerful position to be in because it is so easy to to let chronic illness define you. And I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't get it. I don't have one, but I totally understand I think I would feel the exact same way of like, it does feel like it's out of your control and it Mm -hmm. does feel like it's just too overwhelming. And to have that positive mindset is pretty rare, I think. But like you're saying, it does like, yes, happy thoughts are not going to take away this, this illness, this diagnosis, 
but it does play a powerful role in how you choose to live your life every day. And that's huge. And and again, it goes back to this like pride thing of like, you take pride in, in the fact that you are strong mm-hmm. and the fact that, um, you, you don't let it define you and your every day and the days that are good. Like you probably, or as you're saying, like you don't take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's huge. I mean, that's just such a, like, I just have mad respect for you and the way that you <laughs> handle it and the way that you approach it. And, um, it's not an easy thing to do. I'm, I'm sure, but you're, you're doing it and you're <laughs> definitely reaping the benefits of that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> of course. Well, we are the same person because mine's very similar. Uh, it was just that I used to think that anxiety and depression were strongly linked to circumstances around me. And now I know that they're strongly linked to circumstances inside Ooh. my gut. Boom. Um, so yeah. I mean, we've talked about it several times, but it's kind of that thing of you start experiencing it. You don't know what it is. Then you get a label for it. And that's somewhat relieving. You learn other people deal with it too, and that's relieving. But then for a long time it was, well, this is what runs in the family, and it's my genetics, and there's not really a whole lot I can do other than learn to manage it. And I do think that learning to use tools is very helpful because, again, this thing – even if you make a lot of differences that help and improve, it doesn't mean you're never going to experience anxiety or depression if you have before. But, um, then we took it a step further and learned, no, like there are biochemical changes that we can control that greatly improve, um, these symptoms. And, we've talked about, um, like SSRIs and antidepressants. And I, again, I have nothing against them. I think there's, there's a great space for them. Um, but like I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were just explaining, you go to the doctor, you explain, you have these symptoms, they diagnose you with anxiety, depression, or whatever it is. And then they say, here's a prescription for this antidepressant. If that's the route you choose to go. And while again, I think it's great that we have those resources, Never do they test your serotonin levels, but they are prescribing something that is going to increase the uptake of serotonin. Mm -hmm. But what if that's not where the issue lies? Mm -hmm. And as we've talked about, a lot of research shows that is an issue, but it's not the the root issue. Mm -hmm. And so that has been so empowering. And then to make those changes and really see a difference has just been like the greatest feeling in the world because it's, it's changes that, um, I have control over and that don't come with side effects. Um, and so again, this is not like a ploy against antidepressants because I think there's a time and a place for Mm -hmm. them. And sometimes that's like all you can, all you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, but it makes me happy to know that there are options, other options as well that are sustainable and um, that do make a really big difference. Yeah, for sure. I love how we didn't talk. We purposefully did not share our our responses so that we could, you know, rift. But it, it really just flowed so nicely. Yeah, I think we, <laughs> we're on the same page on a lot <laughs> yeah. of things for sure. Yeah. Yeah, which is like, I don't know, I even find that encouraging because again, like 
five years ago, we were not having these conversations. Yeah. So just to, again, just to like be here is cool and exciting. And yeah. 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 We're not making this stuff up. Like this is just right. what we're experiencing. Right. And we happen to be experiencing very similar positive um, effects from these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, um, a couple housekeeping things. Uh, so for the month of August, I believe we will only have two episodes. Yes. Um, I don't know that we've decided if it's going to be like uh, two in a row or like on one week, skip a week. We've recorded two in advance. Uh, but next week we will be in Hawaii. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll be gone then. Um, so we can't record, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and then... Our friend from Ukraine, Sophia, is coming to visit, and we're super excited about that. So excited. And so we just want to kind of spend the week with her. So just a little heads up that August we'll have two episodes, and then uh, starting in September, we'll be back to our normal, regularly scheduled every <laughs> Monday. Yeah. But we uh, we know that we missed an episode last week. Um, we had to, we just had to brainstorm some things. So... We apologize for that, but don't be uh, alarmed if only two episodes come out this month. That is intentional. Yeah. Here's your heads up. September will be back to normal. Yep. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, same. All right. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> same. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, to lose. Bye. Bye.